Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Girls Living. You're joined with Jasmine, Vic, and our special guest today, Nicole. Hey! <laughs> if you don't know about Nicole, I, I, don't, I don't really and truly know. Who it is. <laughs> um, Nicole is one of the founders of Black Girl Fest alongside um, Paula. Paula is also amazing, but she doesn't want to come to our studio because it's too far. <laughs> so, Paula, if you're watching this, I'm pissed off. <laughs> Um, Nicole is also a founder of Big Sis Project and she's also a cultural curator and she's also founded uh, Women on Mask. So she's done a lot of things and she does more things that I probably haven't even included. Um, every single day Nicole is doing something. <laughs> I have to ask her, when, when are you going to sleep? <laughs> I get my hours. I definitely get my hours. Do you I really don't? No, I get my hours. No, do you know what I realised? I realised like from early... When you're passionate about something, you'll find the hours, yeah. one. And two, I can survive and do a lot more than what I think I can mm. on the less hours that everyone else is working on. Mm. And, you know, from that from that teacup that said Beyonce's got the same hours as you, it just reminded me, rah, like she actually does. Mm. And when you think about the amount of hours that you put into your craft, I felt like I wanted to put more into it. And that meant... Still getting my good eight hours, however yeah. you want to spread it. Maybe four here, three here, five here. Three. Hmm. <laughs> no, still getting solid six, like minimum six yeah. hours. Um, but realising that my mind can do a lot more mm. with a lot less. Mm. So just trying to always utilise pockets of minutes, hours, whatever, to do what I want to do. And that's how I found that I was able to do so much more things, wow. like way more things. Mm. How do you stay productive though? Because like, you know, some people say, oh, I do this 5am challenge where they wake up at 5am and yeah. they feel like they're just much more productive. Yeah. Do you have any tips like that? Well, yeah, it's it's finding out what works best for you in terms mm. of like your productivity. So if everyone, for example, I realised that People were like, oh yeah, 6 a.m. get up, go gym. I'm like, that's not me. I can't do them things there. Like, I like to get all the things in my day done and yeah. then do like a physical activity. So that that's how I was able to be like, okay, Nicole, don't be trying to do 6 a.m. gym gang. That's not you. <laughs> in the same, in the same breath, my mind doesn't doesn't tick at 5 a.m. It ticks at 11 p.m. Really? My mind ticks at 11 p.m. I've actually blamed university from like all the late nights because <laughs> them late nights, boy. But um, my mind starts ticking at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. That's when I get most of my creative ideas. That's mm. when I'm wanting to work, which my boyfriend absolutely hates because he's like, I'm going to bed. Like, mm. you come to bed or what? <laughs> like, no, just don't <laughs> I just need to Photoshop something real quick. Um, so for me, it's realizing that actually the things that I do in my day doesn't have to be at my highest productivity level in terms of like creating ideas. It can just be later in the evening when I know that my mind's going to be like on the ball. Yeah. Um, so it's finding what works for you and actually doing it and not trying to follow like any challenge. If you fail, mm. that's cool. That mm. means it's not working for you or any trend because it's like you slapping that you're at gym at 6am looks cool because it looks like you're, oh my God, you're so productive. Yeah. And rah, rah, rah. But really, you're not doing anything at mm. the gym. You're just snapping. <laughs> you're just snapping. Just snapping. <laughs> you're just snapping. So, um, yeah, what finding what works for you and then sticking to it mm. is how I do it. Can I ask how Black Girl First came about? Well... Like, what was the very moment you're like, you're like you and Nicole... Uh, Nicole. I'm Nicole. <laughs> you and I gotta say Crystal. Like, like, you know, I'm also Crystal. <laughs> when you and Paula sat there and thought, no, we can make this a thing, you know. 
I think for me, it was, so I went to an event um, that had like lots of black women at, that I was literally just like, this is insane. I was there with my mom. And then I remember just seeing like, one, kind of, okay, not to sound like mad, but I knew a lot of people in the room Mm -hmm. and it was full of like, probably like 2000 people. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is insane. Like saying hi, 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 hi. But also just being really excited that we were all in the same room together. Mm -hmm. And I'd never seen that in that one venue before. So I was like, Oh, this is insane. I was there with my mum. We were in the conversation. It was just so much fun. And I remember relaying this information back to Paula and being like, oh my gosh, like I was in this room and it felt so incredibly powerful and energizing. And it was just black. It was black. Mm, yeah. It was black, black, black. And um, she was kind of like, oh, like, you know, why don't we create something quite similar to that? Like, why can't we create a space that brings in all of the people that we know in our networks who do X event, mm. X collective, X project and bring them all into one space. And for us, the, the time that we were creating it, it had never been really seen before for our generation. Although previously we understand that other spaces were created that brought mm. black women together, like in mm. the early 80s, black arts movements, et cetera, et cetera. But what we were creating was bringing in all the new gens. Mm. We were creating really incredible projects. So for us, it was like, yeah, like it makes sense. I remember we actually sat on the phone when we programmed the first festival and we were gassed. We were just like, this is so sick. Like, mm. oh my God. Like, and we didn't tell anyone. We were just like, just gassing each other up. Like, yeah. this is like, oh my God, like our minds. Um, <laughs> but also not having an absolute clue what the F we're doing. So um, if for us, it felt like creating something that was just the beginning of something really big mm. but we didn't know how big it was because we were still like i gotta go with my job after this like yeah. <laughs> i gotta wake up and go to work like, and it was really big because in the first one it was i want to say what what, what location was it, it was in shoreditch yeah. it was in a, in a venue called cachette in shoreditch and the queue was like very 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 long the like, queue was t- it looked like yeah <laughs> beyonce or someone very very popular was, was coming yeah literally and then because my friend was queuing and I was like I was like I got press you know come through come through, come through. <laughs> the queue was long and um, I remember inside uh, an older black woman said to me this event I can see it happening next door and do you know where next door was? Uh, what's next door to the Shoreditch Town Hall? And that's where you guys did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, someone said that to me. Yeah, we did it. Oh, is that? Yeah. Nah. She's, I swear to God, she was like, I can see it happening. I was like, what's next door? What does that even mean? <laughs> so then the next year, like you guys did we it in the town like, hall. I looked and I was like, that is mad. Yeah, it was actually very mad looking across the street and being like, "That's that was last year. Yeah. And this is this year. And it was across two venues um, yeah. in that year. It was wow. in Protein Studios and then it was in Shoreditch Town Hall, which was a madness. But it taught us such so many lessons about working in multi-venues, mm-hmm. but also um, just the scale of which we were working at was is, was pretty insane. And what I like most about that first festival was how a lot of what people were saying back to us from all generations, but mainly from like women who were much older than us, they were just like feeling the way I felt when I walked in with my mum. Mm. So it was almost recreating that feeling that I knew yeah. was possible when black women come together. And just being like, this is this is it. Like, my my job is done. Like, to know that people were feeling the same energy mm. and feeling the same excitement. And we're just ready to have a good time and just meeting people in the queue. People were like, I've been in the queue for two hours, but I just met this auntie. Da, 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 da. Mm. I was like, I'm so sorry. They're like, nah, it's fine. I'm just excited to be here. And yeah. I'm just like, Aww. okay. Yeah. It's a different vibe. Like, because sometimes I feel like there's a lot of, like, creative black spaces sometimes. Like, and 
sometimes I just feel like I don't belong there because it's just mm. like you have to look at so, so some yeah, of those like, like light skinned women elitist yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. that brings that level of edge and it's just like ooh I ain't yeah. got none of that edge so then <laughs> at, at Black Girl Fest it was like everybody like natural hair weave dark skin light skin literally everyone like yeah, all everyone. types of people so it wasn't like one way one particular way. and yeah. it didn't feel like you do you know what it felt like to me do you know Black Ballad whenever they do mm. events I always feel very at peace there mm. I always feel very welcomed I always feel very I feel, I feel like everyone's my mate and that's kind of how I felt at, at you guys' festival mm. like I felt like this is so sick like you have to talk all your friends about it like it's one of those things like every single time you guys have tickets I always buy like sh- like shitloads of tickets yeah. because I'm like <laughs> someone someone's gonna miss because they all sell out exactly they all yeah. sell out and someone's gonna be gassed like oh why are you going and I haven't got tickets I'm like I got you like, I, always, I always have a spare like, <laughs> my mum does exactly the same thing with her and her friends she buys 10 she's like alright girls get yourself and get yourself in charge get yourself together because I got 10 tickets because <laughs> they really sell out so quick how does yeah. that feel like it's proper sells out um Everyone, I think people assume that, oh my God, it's so sick, like it's so that. But it's sometimes it's also a logistical stress mm-hmm. ball because yeah. then that follows, what follows is like hundreds of emails of people saying, oh, I didn't get a ticket. I want to come. It's like, ah, like how do you then allocate mm-hmm. to those who want to be in do the Do you space? secretly put aside like 10 tickets? We, tier, <laughs> we definitely like stagger the ticket mm-hmm. so everyone at least gets a fair opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's on their phone scrolling to know That's when true. tickets get released. Yeah. Not people might be at work or might have kids, might not get the newsletter. Um, or I don't know if you find another way to like carry a pigeon, some notification. <laughs> but not everyone gets the notification when they when yeah. it gets sent out. So trying to be fair and like stagger stagger mm. tickets, um, as opposed to just releasing everything in one go and then being like, oh, we sold out. Like how sick! It's not about selling out quickly and then um, reaping the rewards of like, oh, we sold out, or mm. saying we sold out. It's not about that. It's really about getting as many people into the space as possible because it's for everyone else, yeah. not for us. So it's it's kind of being fair with um, the ticket allocation, really. Um, which is why we have like a tiered ticket system. Mm. So it's not just one set price. And if you can't afford, then you can't afford, you know, it's really thinking about, <laughs> <laughs> it's really thinking about those who might not have less certain level of income, those mm. who might be young students, those who might want to buy a group ticket. A lot of people are, want to be allies and supportive of black women and want to buy like a group of 10 tickets, group of five tickets and just be like, allocate them to whoever can't afford it. Yeah, we find that Mm. happen quite a lot, actually. A lot of black men, a lot of businesses, a lot of people who were just like, who just wanted to do something um, would buy group tickets. So we started selling group ticket packages so people could buy a group of 10 tickets and then they would email us and be like, please allocate this to 10 people who can't afford. Wow, that's sick. Yeah. And, then, and for us, that's that's that just shows um, the level of community that we've built around mm. Black Girl Festival and how it really is a space for everyone and for everyone to bring themselves mm. as opposed to, I feel like some, like, for example, like Afropunk, for example, it kind of pertains to one particular kind of Black person mm. who is a little bit more Afrocentric or, well, Afropunk is meant to be a bit like rock Black rock. I don't feel I could go there. <laughs> I'm not cool enough. Oh, stop it. You'd have to put your hair. You'd, you'd, Bantle you'd, knots. You'd have to wear your... It's, it's, I'm it's not cool a, enough. It's a certain kind of mm. caliber of, 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 of blackness. And I feel like you'd brought. need to be elitist to be there. So I, they'd be I, like, I get what you mean. do you know a Rashawn Capricorn? <laughs> and I'd just be there like, who the fuck? Like, I feel like it's like, maybe I, I'm judging it too harsh, but... 
I don't know. I don't think that's my cuppa. That's yeah. all right. No, they, which is fine. Yeah, mm. some people like they are super like Afrocentric, and they are super mm-hmm. like you know burning the sage and that kind of vibe. And what I do think, you think about burning stages or burning Big sage. <laughs> sage, sage. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, as in, like to cleanse the space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it. Is yeah, that the same thing sage. that some walker does? Which one is that? Some walker. Don't, don't. Uh, it's not witchcraft. It's not witchcraft. Okay, okay. But <laughs> it's not witchcraft. Okay. It's just a natural, yeah, like okay. product that you can. Where can I buy it from? Ah, you can buy it Amazon or something. Okay. Yeah. Or you there's, know, there's a store support. in um, Covent Garden as well. Yeah. I'll send you a link. Covent Garden. Mm. Sounds like posh people stage. No. <laughs> no. It, honestly, it, it's it's a really good store. Okay. You can get incense and everything there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna ask. So Solange. 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 Yeah. Nose. Don't, don't know you Don't know about she don't you know, She don't know about She don't us. know about you Yeah that's quite exciting <laughs> How the hell did that come about? Well I mean fair I mean when I saw it happen I was like this makes a lot of sense It's nice isn't it? No it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that, she got, that she's like Yeah these are my, my sisters I fucks with but Yeah like, how, did it, how did it all come about? It Well so um, We got approached by a PR company Who kind of handle Her like creative okay. Part of her business mm. um, And they were like Yeah so we're doing um, A few more Few more screenings Of um, her Kind of film Videography project And we were wondering If we could screen it At Black Girl Festival We were just like wow. Oh my god That's mm. so sick Um and then kind of tinkering on the logistics of it, um, we were really trying to be like, okay, is it showing anywhere else in the UK? Is it just mm-hmm. us? Like, um, what other countries is it going to be showing in? And from the most part of it, it was just us in the UK. In the UK. Wow. And we were the insane. first, we were one of the first screenings on that poster that she she posted. Oof. So when she posted that, um, the artwork with our name mm-hmm. and the date, and she literally said, starting tomorrow, we were like, Oh my God, where is one starting tomorrow? (laughs) And um, yeah, the PR company were like, yeah, like she knows everything about what you guys do. And she's really like, she loves everything that you're doing. And we were just like, what? That's amazing. So you guys have, you guys, I know you guys have postponed um, the (laughs) festival. So we can expect um, an appearance from. Wow. That'd be a mess. That'd be a muzzin. Her I mean, you guys have had some fantastic. Imagine if Beyonce being there. I would think for you. Absolute claim. I feel like if I met Beyonce, I'd like, edge on my like, <laughs> <laughs> like I honestly feel like if what? you just keep saying it, it's going to go. One day happen. No, but you manifested this whole, whole salon thing because I remember yeah. you tweeted about her. What did you tweet? I tweeted, oh my gosh, it was time ago when I was going for my depressive episode at uni. Mm. Um, I tweeted, um, like late, late, late one night, just like, oh, I really wish I could be Solange Knowles one day. And then she tweeted me back, as long as I can be the beautiful girl in the picture whilst you do. Oh, and I was just like, it must have been like midnight or something. I was in my 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 uni room and I was just crying. I was like, oh my God. How did that make you feel? Because I really think that could, that could retake you. It really, level. oh my gosh, yeah. I was in a really, really deep hole. And mm. the fact that someone who I really admired just, Tweet me back Like mm-hmm. that was as well Before the rebrand It was way way before She came out With Touch My Hair And all this kind of The new kind of Solange image That we're seeing So she didn't have to Tweet me back And I don't know where Or what she, where she was In the world But where I was Was at a really dark place mm-hmm. So it seemed quite small Like Oh my god A celeb tweeting you back Which feels like People Like celebrities Do that all the time Here and there But it was just so Like it was such a moment Because she was almost saying she should be 
if she if I wanted to be her, she wanted to be me. Mm. And that was just so inspiring because I felt like I was no one then. Like I was just trying to finish this degree, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and to imagine that someone who is this incredible musician at the moment yeah. wanted to say that to someone who she didn't have a clue about mm. just made me feel really powerful at mm. a time where I felt powerless. Oh. So that was that was such I always wheel up that tweet every now and then oh, like T T just to remind myself of like where I've how far I've come. And again, it feels very like oh like a celeb tweeting. But for me it was it's just a reminder of like how far I've come. And I mean one day hopefully I'll show her the tweet. I'll be like because back then she used to have a different handle. Oh okay. Her handle used to be Saint Heron, I think. Oh yeah. And then it changed to yeah. So um so it's literally a screen grab of her old, old hat at with the old Twitter <laughs> interface, yeah. her old like image, like or the profile image. And yeah, I've, I can make sure that screen grab gets really mm. pulled up every time. I never forget. No, nice. Never forget. <laughs> so with like mental health and being a freelancer, yeah. how does that go hand in hand? Like, how do you, how do you find everything? Um, I think at the start of my freelance, I've been freelance for like a year and a bit now. Oh, it's the, only been a year. It's only been a year. Yeah, it feels like it's been longer. It feels, doesn't it? It does. It really does. But um, yeah, I celebrated a year last year, end of last year, October. Mm. Um, Congrats. Oh, thank you. I'm still alive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. No, um, do you know what it is? At the start of the, well, first I had my first panic attack ever, just before oh God, I oh decided to go freelance. It was literally in Warren Street tube station. Like Oof. it was terrible. Warren Street at like 6.30 p.m. where everyone's trying to get home. And oh, I was at rush hour. Rush hour. Rush me, I was sitting there having a little panic attack. If it wasn't for the, this woman who came up to me, she's like, are you okay? I was like, no. Mm. Um, and she kind of took me out and I kind of did some, I, I remember breathing like loads and Mad, mad enough, I put on this um, this mix on Mixcloud that was essentially like a, a just a grime mix. Mm. Like it was a good mm. grime mix, and I, there was something about the beat and the pattern of um, of everything I was listening to that allowed me to regain like my mm. breathing. And then I was able to get on the tube and get home. And I wrote all of it down. And I posted on Instagram just so people would know, like mm. at the time and place, but also so I would not forget yeah. what happened. Yeah. But it was literally after telling my my. CEO who was super relaxed and super chilled about me going freelance it was after I told um her that I wanted to quit and go freelance mm. is when the panic started to ensue because I was literally just like oh my gosh what have I done um it wasn't it, although the transition was pretty smooth in that my my old boss allowed me to kind of work part-time and then slowly mm. roll mm. into a fully freelance by January of 2019 um but I still I still struggled quite a bit because first it was like being completely on your own mm. and not realizing how to kind of maneuver your next steps was a bit crazy. And then spending a lot of time at home as well was another thing as well. Cause it was like, you had nothing to do, but to be alone with your thoughts. Mm. And then the management of your, your time was another thing. Although I've been, I'm really organized and I'm really like good at kind of managing my time. And then I've been doing lots of bits on the side anyway. Yeah. It was still the case of this is just you now. It's mm. literally just you. And then as well, because I was living with my boyfriend, it was making sure that I didn't flop and not pay rent and not pay bills mm. and really worrying about if I was the one to bring this whole household down because I didn't get paid for this one job. And so I, I went through the motions of absolute stress. Mm. 
people don't really talk about. People are like, ah, quit your job and go freelance. Yeah, don't people listen people to them. I swear to God. <laughs> don't listen to the them. Self-employed gang and the, you know, entrepreneur gang and um, all those things. But I would never tell someone willingly just to go and quit your job and just come join me in this hellscape. Like really and truly, <laughs> no. if you're not about the startup entrepreneur, entrepreneur life, don't do it because it's not the one. <laughs> I, do you know what I feel about being freelance? I feel like it takes you a long while to find your routine and feet. Yeah. So like, I feel like you could find it in the seventh month. Yeah. And then you feel like, oh shit, I've just wasted all But it's, you've not because it's like, this is the first time, first stage of a new type of job. Do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like when you're in your nine to five, you come in, you have your breakfast, you sit down, you gossip, you go to weed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When you're, when you're freelance, it's like, when I was, it was kind of like, fuck it, I'm just going to roll out of bed at 10. Yeah. Go to the gym yeah. at two. Hey. Submit this work at five. Watch a new girl at seven. <laughs> And then watch or stay up for Love Island. Do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah. there was no routine until later on. Yeah. And I feel like maybe then I would have got my routine and maybe then I would have been like more like focused. Yeah. But it's such a weird one because it's kind of like you kind of need to rely on yourself to get the money flowing in. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and then that also affects your mental health because mm. you don't even know when to stop and how to stop. Yeah. And how to realize, okay, that's enough. And then I can just chill for a bit. There's no real chill. There's no like holiday period unless you force yourself to take mm. one. But there's lots of things that I put in place to make sure that I was set good. Because I, I remember I actually wrote down all my concerns with going freelance. Like what are the, the deep, deep concerns that I didn't want to talk about, but also mm, yeah. I felt. And then I wrote down, I knew what the positive stuff was. It was having my own free time. Yeah. It was being able to run around. because I'm not the person to kind of sit at a desk mm. and be there for like eight hours and then mm. not talk to anyone. Um... And it was really thinking about as well, building the career that I wanted for myself outside of getting a job, getting paid by it and living by your wage. Yeah. And I felt like that, that was, I remember actually sitting on the tube going to work, literally just in my head mumbling, this is not for me. This is mm, not for me. Yeah. I can't come and die in this tube trying to go to my mm. nine to five. Capitalism is a ghetto. Like I was literally like, no, mm. I can't do this. And I, I think I had like a flash, a weird like flash forward of like, Myself going to work in like 20 years time Still yeah. smelling people's breaths and armpit on the <coughs> tube <laughs> Going to my 9 to 5 Literally still hating everything I'm doing like that. For me, it gave me a huge panic I was like, nah, this cannot be me I, have I feel to... very triggered right now like, <laughs> I literally was on that morning commute And I was like, nah, this cannot be me mm. This is not my life, I don't want this Um but that kind of forced me to think about what kind of life do you really want for yourself? And then when it came to like um, the parts of going freelance that were really nerve wracking and scary and actually induced a lot of my anxiety, mm. um, it was being really honest about what those were and seeking the support to actually address that. So things like money management, things like actually getting opportunities, like how you market yourself. So you actually yeah. do keep getting jobs mm. and um so it was just kind of really addressing those concerns that were, I think, play up for a lot of people who are like not sure about going freelance, but also might be in the thick of it and realise, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm, yeah. um, I've got a question, actually. So mm. you get a lot of opportunities and I don't know whether it, like they all come to you or you go get them yourself. But do you, do you get ever get a bit of like anxiety or pressure because 
because you often be like, oh, I've done this, I've done that. Like, mm. in a good way. And as and as, and as rightly so, you should do. Especially yeah. as black women, we should boast about our work. Like, mm. we should tell everybody because I feel like sometimes we can be a bit modest and that doesn't really mm. work in our favour. Mm. And you don't get more jobs that way. Yeah. But do you get a bit of anxiety when like, nothing comes through? And you're kind of like, mm. oh, like this month, like, what are people thinking? Are they thinking I'm not doing anything? Or are you kind of like, I don't, I don't care? I'm, I'm a strong believer on black do nothing. Like, oh, what was that again? You know, the opposite of black excellence. Just black, oh, black do nothing. Black do nothing. <laughs> Just wow. don't do anything. Like, it's actually okay mm. not to always be excellent because mm. can't come and die trying to be excellent all the mm. time. Um, I believe that there is a level of black excellence within all black people. Fact, standard. Because mm. you're black, you're already excellent. Mm. You don't, anything additional to that is you exceeding what we know as a community already exists, which is excellence, yeah. full mm. stop baseline everyone is excellent so me trying to exceed that is me constantly trying to outdo what yeah. we already already know mm. and that's tiring no one can already no one can constantly mm. do that all the time um i've also been a, a very much a go-getter most of the opportunities that have come to me have been me hustling my way through wow, to get them way. not waiting for anyone to come because to me. it's every day nicole <laughs> But you're saying some news I know I learned the art of networking Mm. I learned the art of Communicating with people And Making things happen Out of nothing I learned that from from Whilst I was working full time Wow Because I felt like I I didn't want to wait For things to come to me And as well I've never felt like Anything has come to me Yeah So I'd always found a way To like be like Okay cool Met someone at this event Cool meeting Cool Let's talk about what we can do Cool Opportunities Sick Got Mm. Let's go Have you got any tips for anyone? Yeah. Um, wow. I I realized actually how powerful LinkedIn is when I became freelance, which mm. is weird because you think LinkedIn is great yeah. for like professionals who are working in like big corporate companies and mm. LinkedIn feels quite corporate sometimes and even by its interface, but also by the people who are on there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of opportunities have come through LinkedIn, surprisingly. But LinkedIn is like my phone book. So is Twitter, interestingly. Mm. When I first started out, even with our Muslim women, but also pre pre Muslim women, pre Black Girl Festival, Twitter was my phone book. Mm. Twitter was who was the the place I would find who worked where and how to engage with them. Yeah, I early from early when people were like, "Oh, how did you get all this press for Muslim women?" It was Twitter. Mm. It was knowing that journalists exist on Twitter. They don't do nothing but tweet. Mm. And if I wanted to, Vic's <laughs> 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 <Vicks> laughing. <laughs> It's very, very, very true. Journalists just sit on Twitter. um, And I wanted to put my work out there. And I was tweeting people like, hey, can I get your email? DM them, send them a press release. And they'll be really interested in what I was doing. It's how I met Fiona. Mm. And then how I met all of you guys. Because Mm. I was just like, I know some really cool black women who are writers who could potentially write about my work that I'm doing. Mm. So let me put it out to them. Um, Sometimes people would see me tweeting you know, random CEOs, random people just saying like, hey, can I get your email? Hey, I really like what you do. Can I get your email? Hey. It was literally my soundboard for like contacting people yeah, or wow, engaging with amazing. people. It was the quickest way as a form of networking for that channel mm. is how I was able to communicate with people. It's the quickest way I've ever been able to communicate with people. Mm. And I realized that LinkedIn was quite similar in terms of people with money who could pay me to do the things that I do so it was the same fashion of like if I was introduced to someone on email I find them on LinkedIn add them mm. if I met someone at an event I would I've got the LinkedIn app so I find them on LinkedIn and then just add them and message them mm. 
um, I got more confident with posting some of the things that I do as I would do on Twitter and Instagram, but on uh, LinkedIn as well. And that level of self-promotion is really just so people who, from the corporate world who engage with my content, mm. would still stay engaged with the things that I do Yeah. Um, through that channel if they're not following me on Twitter and um, and Instagram. So for me, it just became a new portal of... of um, communicating with a wider audience with people who potentially could hire me or want to work mm. with me so I would definitely mm. say utilizing social media people say utilize social media create an Instagram create but you have to understand <laughs> you know people's like oh yeah start a little thing a side project and create Instagram it's like okay cool but you create Instagram you're posting your cute quotes but what next you know what I mean mm. you gotta really think about who is on the platform how are you engaging with them how can you better serve the community that you're building around? But also how can you promote yourself so that opportunities are coming to you? Mm. Um, and what that looks like on these platforms, all of them are very, very different. You're not going to post the same thing on Facebook as you would do on on, on LinkedIn. Mm. You're not going to post the same thing on Twitter as you would do on LinkedIn. Um, but at the same time, you can post the exact same content, but just switch it for each platform because mm. the audience is different. So it's knowing how to utilize that level of self-promotion for for your practice, for your business, for your project, whatever it is, um, to reach new audiences. But I was very much the kind of person who was just like, I'm not going to wait for things to come to me. I've always hustled an email. I've never, ever asked anyone, oh, can you introduce me to... Knowing full, I know people. I always, I'm a strong believer that people will come to me when it's their time mm. So even with like Amanda Like I would love to do some work with her But mm. I'm never going to be like Yo sis can you send me like some Fenty She would you know she, <laughs> She's lovely she, like that. I know she's lovely <laughs> ah, I can't wait to meet her No I, I know but In the same breath I don't want to use people Yeah okay. Like that yeah, yeah, yeah. When the time is right For that work to be there And to mm. be done I strongly believe that That relationship will just Naturally find itself mm-hmm. And for for a lot of the time, uh, that has always worked for me. Like it's always knowing that there are good people who are working in, across these different fields. Yeah. Mm. And for you to be like, oh, can you send me? Oh, da, 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 da. The time will come when that that connection will just be so organic. And that's mm. so beautiful about the kind of work that I've been doing. It just all falls on this organic level. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always found a way to get an email and to get in contact with people mm. and then to build a relationship. Building relationships is another big thing about freelancing. People always forget. Maybe it's because I work in partnerships and marketing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing that all the time anyway. Mm. But building relationships is one of those things where if people don't know who you are, they're not going to want to work with you. Basically, like fact. Mm. And if people want to recommend you for things, hire you for things, bring you in on projects. They want to know people from their from their core. Like who who are you? What mm. are you about? What do you banter? Like what's what what are you about? Like and for me, I spend a lot of time building relationships with people. And that could be like going for a coffee, going for, for drinks, going for dinner, um, engaging with their content on social media, mm. responding to their email quickly than you probably would have thought. Yeah. Um Building a relationship with someone so that you're at a good level where you know them well enough to do work constantly. Mm. Um, and that could be for your own project, for your podcast, for your for your freelance life, for your side hustle, whatever it is. But I definitely feel like that's another key factor in, in this freelance world. It's actually having good relationships with a lot of people mm. all the time. Let's talk about reality TV. 
Reality <laughs> I know Nicole is a fan of. I watch a lot of TV yes. I know you're a fan of <laughs> Love is Blind <laughs> Love Island Do you watch Full Housewives? Yeah Do you oh actually? Oh my gosh You're, you're no, trash that is trash I mean, You're yeah, actually that's God. Real Housewives of Atlanta Okay Sorry trash. Where, Wherever you want to slice Listen, it Listen I'm an OG Basketball <laughs> wives Like <laughs> If you say married to medicine I'm going to kick you out I'm not watching <laughs> I'm not watching her My shows. goodness I used to watch these shows From way back when So I've literally Grown up with Did you watch Real Housewives in uni? Yeah Did you watch Real Housewives in uni? I've never watched Real Housewives. Oh, okay. I, 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 I was doing Love and Hip Hop though, but it got yeah. to a point where oh, yeah. I, had, well. I had to stop. Me too. Because it was... <gasps> but it why was did too, you stop? It was why too trash. Stop? It was too much. Okay. <laughs> I stopped because I was trying to move like them. Do you know what? It was when it was young, when um, young Jeezy relaxed his hair. I said, you know what? Enough is enough. How can that make you it's stop? too much. Oh my gosh. It's too much. Do you much. know what I realised with Love and Hip Hop? There's like a level of elitism to them. Mm, so yeah. like Love and Hip Hop New York is like where the, 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 yeah. the players are at. Yeah. yeah? Mm. Love and Hip Hop Miami is where people are just trying to figure yeah. it out. You know? mm-hmm. I think it from when it like lifted Cardi B's career, I think that, that was when it peaked. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Good banter. Everyone mm. was just, mm. it was mad. And then after that, when she left, she was like, um, that's when she came left. from that. She probably, yeah. She's blue. Just from being herself, like absolute Niki. Like, what's your favorite reality TV show? Oh, I don't know. Oh my god, from all time ever. Like like the black ones. (laughs) No, like what's what's one that you literally find yourself going home to watch and you're like, do you know what? I want to live tweet this. It was probably Love Island. I say it was past tense because Mm. I'm probably not gonna watch next one. You know, guys. Are you you saying it? (laughs) I'm. I think I'm not gonna watch next one. Why are you looking out? Why? I'm looking out because it's just. Man, awkward now with yeah. like Caroline Flack and stuff. It's just, yeah, definitely. It's not the that. same. Mm. And I think the commentary, although some people took it too far and were doing madness, bullying, hate, all this kind of stuff, mm. the commentary was probably the, the most enjoyable part. Like people yeah, always definitely. say, Love Island is nothing without Black Twitter. Oh, 100. So for you to freely comment on things that you're seeing, it felt funny. Mm. But now it doesn't feel that way no more. Mm, so yeah. it's like, I can't feel comfortable commenting, even if it's a good comment, even if it's banter, even if it's a joke thing, even if everyone says, oh yeah, I agree. And you get thousands of retweets. It's not the same. Mm, not and actually that. it's the same. It fuels a lot of um, the negativity that the show is currently now experiencing mm. in terms of the hatred that we see online. And although, um, you know, people talk about the reasons why Caroline passed and stuff, I do I do think we live in a society that unfortunately social media and everything digital heightens so much. Mm, yeah. And it makes it so much harder for people to live their life. And if I'm gonna be a a kind of cog in that wheel of making that possible, mm, I'm just you'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather yeah. step back. I can enjoy it without in it's tweet, true. without tweeting, mm. live tweeting, but live tweeting was why I enjoyed it. So what do I do? Mm. <laughs> what was your favorite series? Or season oh. even. Hmm. There were some good ones, man. I'm just I liked when of... they were having the sex. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. yeah, back in the day when they were doing tomfoolery. Back in the day <laughs> when they used to show you what happened in your <laughs> It's savage, isn't it? <laughs> love to see it. But it was just a drama. It, it was almost love, love, mm, love yeah. and hip-hop-esque. Even, oh. even the lie detector <laughs> test. I, oh, I yeah. love the lie detector test. <laughs> 
it was, it was, yeah, it was actual ghetto. I think as mm. trash and as ghetto it got, mm. that's when I think I liked it that yeah. much. Which is probably why I'm still watching all those other American mm. TV reality shows. What do you think of Love Is Blind in the finale? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think about who got married? Who didn't get married? Do you know what I predicted all of that? All really, of that. even it. even Kelly and um, what's the what's the guy's name? Was it Kevin? Um, Ke- Kenny. Kevin. Kevin. What's, Kenny. The, what's the girl's name? Kelly and Kenny. Yeah. Kelly and Kenny. Oh, wow. I predicted it because she was moving mad. Yeah. She was... When you're not sleeping with your man, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're actually engaged. But and you're, you're saying engaged. and you're saying sex is too far. So you're actually done. Do you, <laughs> you see what the best friend said? She said, I know it's not your usual type, but the best friend was literally like, you've been with dogs yeah. and this is a good guy. <laughs> this one has a job, please. She was... <laughs> the, the best she friend was, was like... <laughs> She was saying the madness. She was just saying all this crazy stuff about like sex and connection. She's clearly still obsessed with her ex team. Yeah. And it's obvious she went to try and go back to different exes and stuff in the finale. So sis, you could tell she's just, she's just not, it's not going to happen. Sis. You know what was it's embarrassing was when I think Kenny's dating someone new. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I tried to. I tried to date someone. Yeah. No, she was kind of like, yeah, so like, you know, it's a shame that Kenny is dating someone. I was like, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Because you should have shined your eyes. (laughs) But instead you were saying, oh, he's too nice. He's too nice. (laughs) Now the nice man is gone. You even had a job as well. I had a good job. I thought they were a strong couple because when their parents met, I was like, that was cute. Done, isn't it? It's done deal. What do you guys think about Amber and Burnett? And like Mm. the way she's kind of... I hope I didn't touch on this in the last episode, but the way she was kind of like being like, yeah, you know, it's a bit hard because I'm financially, um, you know, I'm like Dependent. on Barnett. And I was like, yeah. how are you saying this with your chest? I yeah, I couldn't, I, it sounds like they have problems in the finale, but she wasn't really like saying too much. Mm, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell she's the kind of person where she's like, even if we're beefing, be quiet. Yeah. Keep it locked up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When, when you're getting your bills paid, you got to keep it locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing good. She got a new hair colour. She was yeah. just like, just guys. But she, but she mm. said, um, yeah, we've even spoke to a divorce, divorce lawyer. Divorce What? It sounds like they're going through it. And I feel like that's because Barnett's like, I can't be paying your bills anymore. (laughs) And rightly so. But she's probably acting like everything is cool. Mm. But then she's like, oh, we're going through a divorce lawyer. But it's like, what? So which one is it? Like, are you guys okay? Mm. Listen, my favorite couple ever, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I could drop like a clue bomb like, <laughs> nah, my favorite couple ever. I mean, from when you're saying I love you after five days, episode one, mm. you know it's gonna last forever. Guys, I think I'm tired of Cameron. Why? He's rapping. Just because much. of his suits, yeah. I need to know why are we seeing the suits with the ankle showing. What's going on? He wasn't dressing like that before. He was not. I feel like he's held on. He the, wasn't. I feel like he's held on against his will. Yeah, I, mean, I literally feel like she mm. said, "You are wearing this today, and you are going to enjoy it, Listen, whether you like it or not." Yeah. The, the thing is, yeah, was this show was filmed in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my good sis had to keep quiet about her whole marriage for a year. Okay. She's a content creator. Mm-hmm. She has carefully planned every yeah. single outfit <laughs> of this press tour. It's true. It's she's true. Already, she Why said, is he wearing Air Force Ones? He wasn't wearing that before. <laughs> Why? Because he's, he's leveled up. He's you know? rapping on sway. Sorry, I guys, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Has to stop. Sway. He's, he's not light. He thinks he's light skinned. <laughs> okay, sorry. With a tan. With a tan. <laughs> it just reminds me of which one was it? Oh my gosh, 
Kelly from um, I watched her TV show. Kelly, who? I can't even laugh. I don't even want to laugh. Kelly, Kelly, not Kelly Rowland. What's the other one? Michelle from Destiny's Child. Oh you, you even watched her show? I watched her well. show. You, you oh. busy? What? <laughs> You watch her thing. I watched her TV show. What's her man saying? Oh, mate, the ambiguously white one. I'm sure. He, wait, yeah, no, I'm stop. sure he wait. was problematic. He was problem- wait. His family was problematic. Wait, he's he said he's, that he's, he's not white. Please, God, please take control. What did he say? <laughs> oh God, he's he's not, he's not white. Well, he's white. Sorry, but he he tried to be like really like relaxed about the fact that you know he's really like open to like various different you know. People from all races and stuff. Okay, but then she went and met his family, mm-hmm. and you knew this guy was white, yeah, because the, the father <laughs> and the mother, <laughs> they were white mm-hmm. as they come. They as soon as they said, "We don't see color in our family," I said, "No." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, my family don't see color." I was like, "No." I said, "You're about to drive into a nonsense." Like I was, I was just so scared for her. I was massively scared for her, and. Obviously, as you saw in the news and stuff, the marriage never happened. Oh, yeah, they're not together anymore. Not together. Okay. The proposal, mm-hmm. everything got locked oh, off. That's sad for Kelly. It's I mean, so Kelly? sad. Michelle. Michelle. Um, and it was really sad because I was on the show as well. She was going through it in terms of her mental yeah, health and her um, engagement. It was kind of a whirlwind as well because I was yeah. seeing all this stuff happening in real time in terms of on the news and then also watching it on the show and how mm. they responded to yeah. it. So that was really really weird but yeah he was like ambiguously non-white but he was white i don't like i don't like that just be white do you know what i think i've I've said this to jazz (laughs) i feel like white people don't want to be white anymore like all these white girls that are turning you're turning like as if as if uh god said don't be white anymore (laughs) just it's okay yeah it's okay like i I feel like i rarely see white people anymore (laughs) (laughs) all you have to do is walk in someone's office you know you'll see them yeah they're there they're there I was thinking about the other day actually because I was thinking like raw like so many they're so like I was thinking the other day because I was thinking um you know how people used to look on Instagram for like inspiration for like body shapes mm. body types blah 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 you actually can't believe anything anymore Definitely. no like you can't look at Absolutely anyone not. and be like oh my god I want that body or if I work hard I'll get that body because there's so many different surgeries that you can get and everybody's mm. telling lies everyone's mm. telling lies so you can't actually believe and this whole what's that one that you can shape shift your face what's it called face tune mm. you can do all that thing now so mm. I'm just like you actually can't look on you can't take mm. that too deep oh yeah, yeah I was gonna ask you so I know you're into interior design oh I love it. and um, I'm like looking for my future flat one day um, and I've had to put on screen on my phone because I, I, I go on Instagram too much and it's actually affecting yeah. my self confidence Yeah. so I'm like okay let me just go on Instagram to look at uh, interior, interior designs yeah. yeah and there's bare stuff there's bare it's, yeah. it's like porn you know it, it, <laughs> it is and they start um, doing sponsored posts with just interiors now yeah. as well. Yeah, I, and I do. I love. I love before and afters. Yeah. Oh, I love a good God. before and after. Ooh. I love it when I use. Are you? Are you on before and after? Ooh. Would you say YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Or some of the links. Yeah, go, the links. go on YouTube. Some of the links. <laughs> go on YouTube. So do, do, do you do you look at that that kind of stuff like interior designs and all? Oh that? yeah, I love mm. it. My explore page is literally like nails, makeup. Skincare, interior design, <laughs> and throwing some art and stuff. My explore page is literally just like that. But I love looking at people's interiors pages. Lo- love looking at what mm. people do. Love a good before and after to see how people do like DIY mm. projects. That's always fun. So with yours, because I when I went to your flat, I said this makes sense. <laughs> I said this makes sense. <laughs> it was beautiful, clean, like crisp, like literally, oh, like no, you walk thanks. into a showroom. Oh my god, thank you so much. Beautiful. I actually really wanted to be an interior designer when I grew up. 
Like when I was growing up, I used to, so my mom used to be a seamstress. So mm-hmm. she had fabric around mm-hmm. all the time all over the house. And we couldn't afford like, like, you know, those um, doll's houses. They yeah. those big doll's house people mm-hmm. used to get and be like, oh my God. Like, I used to have like a tiny poly pocket, but even mm-hmm. that it was, my brother chewed all the, the clothing. Because <laughs> you know, it was made out of rubber. <laughs> so he used to chew all the clothing and then I was just like, my house was ruined So I used to get My mom's old shoe boxes mm. And then I used to Basically make interiors For like People's like Random bedrooms Houses oh, Living room yeah. And I used to get Her fabric and stick it And make wallpaper mm. And I used to get Like little cotton buds And then fill it up To make little cushions Cardboard Make a little bed wow, I was oh sad And then I realised I made so many It started a little Neighbourhood Like talent. I used to Play with all of them I used to pull out My shoe, my shoe boxes <laughs> And then you know, have my neighbor's houses. Wow. And I used to, my mom was just like, used to do that for a long time. And she tried to, she saved all the shoeboxes oh. until like the shed flooded and oh. they got destroyed. Oh, but I was just literally just talking to myself, like playing with all my little families and mm. all their houses and stuff. This is pre Sims, isn't it? So <laughs> I was, I felt, I realized I was, I was actually making mm. my own Sims, like before, yeah. like I was playing Sims on PlayStation, but I was making my own version. And I used to buy loads of magazines, like interiors magazines, and then you used to stack up. My brother was buying Vogue. I was buying Design mm. Beautiful, House wait, Beautiful. Wait, wait, wait. Interior magazines? Yeah. I used so to buy when, House Beautiful, like you wouldn't believe. So when some of us were buying Blitz and Miz and... I was buying that as okay, well. Okay. But I was also buying interiors magazines. Wow, you, wow. you artsy, artsy. I was... I, I loved this. I loved this. it. I literally... I loved it so much. And um, I didn't end up studying interior design because I remember my mum was saying... So from a really young age, I'm, I'm actually... A professional at putting together IKEA furniture, like it's wow. a bit scary. Yeah, from a very young age, it was weird. Do you know what? For me, it felt like a puzzle that I would just yeah. kept solving. Mm-hmm. And I remember even asked my mum one time, like, who are the people who are making this puzzle? Like, who are designing these things? Mm-hmm. And I realized that an, a product designer is someone who is designing mm-hmm. a lot of the products, the furniture, and stuff that we see. So for me, it felt like becoming the puppet master, making the puzzles myself to go and learn that. So that's why I went to go study product design at university mm. and not my love and passion, which was interiors. Um, so getting back into interiors in my own flat is kind of how I kind of mm. navigate still playing with my little doll's house. Mm. <laughs> are, you, are you offering services by any chance? I can offer, I can do something nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People always say to me like, oh, come and do my room. Come and like, I literally, I... Okay. <laughs> also, can you give us some skincare tips? Because some of my girls right now. Like a spot. Oh my God. Stop. Thanks, shut, shut out. <laughs> Shut the devil. It's literally like, you know the hormone spot you get in your chin? Like, oh, always. Stress. Always. Mine's on my forehead. never get, is it? I get on my jaw, like along my jaw. Yeah. My chin. It's proper like mm. hormone spot. Um, uh, skincare tips. Um, for me, it's mainly about like diet. I'm not gonna. Can I say something? Nicole tweeted or put on her Instagram story. Skincare tips. Drink water. Mind your business. I said this. This is not enough. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like people like actually you. Actually, really helped in terms of stress. Because I say mind okay. your business, but it's mean like it. It's implying like reducing stress levels. Mm, okay. So minding your business, in, as in the case of like not being too involved in everything that's happening around mm. you. And I feel like because we're all online, we can't help but to be in everyone else's business all the time because people yeah. are always tweeting their business mm. or putting their business on Instagram stories, whatever. So for me, reducing my stress levels was a huge thing. So not actually always being involved in what Boris Johnson is saying or what Trump is saying, like they just stress me out. Mm. So that's what I meant by minding your business and drinking water. But um, the biggest thing I've, I guess I changed is my diet. Mm. So cutting out dairy, Getting out really? Oh. Yeah. No cheese. Custard. Oh, it's really hard. What about ice vegan cream? pizza. You can get vegan ice cream. 
Really? You Vegan ice cream free. is good. You can get dairy free ice cream. Mm. Yeah, it's like £4.50 in Sainsbury's. Mm. And if it's an offer, it's a good day. What else have you cut out? Um, I've cut out, yeah, so milk, certain cheeses. Pizza is really hard to cut out. <laughs> um, cut out meat, red meats. Yeah. I stick with like, I. I bounce between being like vegan, vegetarian, and pescatarian mm-hmm. because I like fish. Um, what difference do you feel that's made to you? Um, well, it makes you drop like a couple pounds initially when you go vegan. Mm. Um, it definitely has made me feel um, more energized. Wow. Mm. Definitely made me feel more, more energized, less sluggish, less always like tired and just like dragging my heels. Um, working out as well whilst being like vegan, vegetarian is really good because it, somehow I have more energy than I mm, thought as opposed yeah. to being like, oh, I'm not going to go to gym, I'm not going to go get up, get up and do that. Um, but the, the biggest change has been on my skin. It has been on my well-being. Um, my attitude towards things has just completely changed. But most importantly, like like you were saying, like my skin regime has changed as well. So before I even knew about all the regimes and products, I was just trying to change my lifestyle. Mm. So cutting out alcohol, I only drink on occasions mm. and carnival. But other than that... <laughs> On occasions, people's birthdays, and it's not even drink to get drunk. So I remember I did um, dry Jan like two years ago, mm. and I just thought that was not hard. Let me just keep doing it, and then mm. it just stuck for a year, and then I just stopped drinking. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that completely changes your whole lifestyle because rather than going out drinking, and then um, do you know what for me? For me, it was about productivity again. I realized that. Going out on the Friday night, maybe going out on Saturday night meant that by Sunday, I'm not productive. Monday, I'm mm. struggling going to work. And I wanted to use my hours to do the work that I wanted to do. So that meant not drinking. I could go out and not drink. I could still see, see people and not drink and not be sluggish. So for me, it was like, how do, how do I be more productive mm. and use my hours that yeah. I do have on the weekend? Because I was working full time and I just needed my weekends to kind of mm. do what I wanted to do. How do you balance it? Because you must get friends who are like, oh, I just have one. Like have one drink. Like, do you have any yeah. mates like that, or they're kind of like more respectful about you? I think they're more decision. respectful. That's good. I think when I first initially started doing changing my lifestyle, I think a lot of people. I, I'm still friends with a lot of people from uni. Mm. So I think it was quite new because it was like you're not coming to the rave. So mm. nah, because I'm gonna. I've got a meeting on Saturday, and I've got to do this project, and I'm trying to do this festival, and I'm trying to do this. I think people understood because they knew how hard working I was. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't like oh I'm. I'm not coming or I'm not I'm not being part of the fun because I'm boring or I don't want to be a part. It's when my work is done, you'll see me at Carnival going ham. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when I finished Unmasked Women and I was like, oh my God, I can actually relax. Mm-hmm. So I remember literally being in the club one time and being like mentally emailing people like Wow. Oh when did you switch off? Yeah, so I don't know why I'm sitting here. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I finished Unmasked Women, I went carnival and I had the sickest two days. Oh, you would because I was like, you? yeah, because I was yeah. like, I've done everything I need to do. The exhibition is in September. It's now August. Let me enjoy. Mm. And that's where I realized that if I put my hours in, and I can still do the things that I want to do and celebrate and have a good time, and I'm not missing out on anything. You're not missing out on nothing. That drink is still going to be available on tap when you get back. <laughs> so true. So you're not missing out when you decide to take a break, do what you want to do with your life and your work and your project. And then you can get back into it. Mm. Um, and it feels like a really nice reward because it's like, let me let me go and just do this thing and then I can celebrate with my friends when I'm done. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's the future saying? I can see for you a... Um, <coughs> what do you predict? I jotted it down, actually. <laughs> what did you write down? No, I did. What do you predict? Uh, uh, glasses range. 
glasses, yeah, oh yeah. And also a a branded podcast. So like a, a branded big, podcast, like a brand like Puma or something, being like, oh right, right, yeah. right, right, like a brand when they say I'm mm. wanting podcast it. Uh, and want you to host it. Yeah, in pre- actually, Murky Books podcast, something like that. Oh, that'd be lovely, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> Forgot to ask you. Um, actually, no, I'll ask you later. No, yeah. <laughs> What's in the pipeline? Let us know. Um, I would love, I would love all <clears> those <throat> things. Like, I'd love that. Mm. Like, I really want to do. Um, I'd love to come up with like an earrings range. Oh well. yes, I can see that too. I love a good earring. Oh, yes. Mm. Ever since mm. I completely went bold, like people always compliment me on my earrings. I love buying earrings. Mm. Like earrings is like my go-to. Mm. I could be in a tracksuit, but good earrings. Like mm. literally, I <laughs> love earrings. So I'd love to like work with a brand to like come up with a really nice like earrings range. Yeah. Um, love to have a glasses range as well. Mm. Already speaking to a couple of people, don't you worry about that. Damn. <laughs> come on. I say yeah. No, I'd love to come up with a glasses range because I live with my glasses. Like mm. <laughs> it'd be really nice to work with a brand to do something really fun like that. Um, I wrote all my affirmations down at the start of the mm. year. So that's those two are definitely on there. Um, I want to travel more. Like I really want to travel more. Um, I think it's really important to for me to, I spend a lot of time working, working, working in this godforsaken country. Mm. So I'm very much about thinking about how to be a bit more global and connect and engage with people from around the world. Yeah. And that entailed me going there. So but I feel like even when you take a break, you're still working. Like when you went to Ghana, I said, "Ah, oh, thank God, Nicole's listening." <laughs> and then you said, "Any creatives around?" <laughs> I said, "What?" Yeah. And you did an event there. Do you know what the trip to Ghana was really about for me? It was for me. It was like going home. Mm. So going home meant that it wasn't fully a holiday. I was doing everything I would be doing in the UK there because one day I want to be there. Mm. I want to be doing that yeah. there. So if it was going out, maybe going to a gallery, going to a talk meeting up with people. I was trying to envisage what my life would look like mm. living in Ghana because it's so progressive and it's mm. changed. And it's so, the generation there is so incredible. The art scene is so incredible. So for a lot of people, it, it's just a holiday switching off. Mm. But for me, it was really trying to build a future for myself there by trying to envisage what that would look like. And the same with Kwame as well. He was also meeting with lots of people, um, interviewing for his book, but also going out, having a good time, relaxing. I spent two weeks at one point, like building Ikea furniture wow. with his family, not doing anything, mm-hmm. like just helping his family because they were, they just built like a, um, a new um, apartment block and lots of Ikea furniture turned up and they were like, we kind of need to put it together. And mm-hmm. I was like, sick, let's do this. And I was, mm-hmm. that's what I was doing for like two weeks when I arrived, Whoa. before the party and before all the events, mm-hmm. before the networking. Um, and for me, that's, that was chill because being in Ghana is chill. So that, for me, it mm. was more important, really, than trying to be like, oh, I'm switching off. Mm. Like, duh, 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 duh. It was really just to live the life that I want to live there one day. Mm. Um, also wanted to ask, mm. Stormzy gave you flowers. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he basically makes with him. remembered. Oh, my God. We're basically besties. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was I was actually so I was actually so surprised that that happened. Like usually they get like the events coordinator to bring the flowers, but yeah, it was actually it was him on the stage, and I was proper I was thrown because I had like the entire schedule on my piece of paper, mm. and I was just closing up <coughs> the event. Oh, sorry guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh um, yeah, Nicole hosted the Murky um, Writers Awards, Murky Book Murky Books Writers Prize. That's it. And it was an event that they put together sort of for some of the finalists who were part of the prize. Mm-hmm. And it was really just to kind of make them, get them excited, get them engaged, also get to meet with some of the judging panels mm-hmm. who were kind of, um, who were there. And there were some really, also really great panels as well about um, 
the kind of publishing industry and people's experiences and they had writers, authors, agents. They had lots of people. I was even learning myself. I was like, raw, okay. <laughs> Didn't know you needed an agent. Cool. Um, so it was just really nice to be a part of that journey. And mm. it was the first one they'd ever done as well. And I remember they told me, they were like, oh yeah, he might not be able to come, like busy schedule, blah, blah, blah. Bloody liars. I said, okay, mm. that's fine. It's fine. And I remember when he turned up because... <laughs> I was on the stage like doing my thing, mm. you know how it is. And um, <laughs> someone's phone went off and it was like a voice note. And I was talking and I looked up and it was him and I was just like, <laughs> I looked again. I, I think that was the moment I ran home. Did I, I told you in the afternoon. You yeah. left, yeah, you dipped, yeah. But it was so funny because I was like also trying to like act cool. Mm. But the person whose phone went off was talking. <laughs> was him himself. And he was literally, he was like, oh, shit. Because obviously... He knew that people would turn around and look yeah. at him. So he turned his head to make, <laughs> as if he was looking mm. at no one else, but there was a wall behind him. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, let me just keep going. Um, but then I was gassed. I was like, oh my God, like, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and I think he put it on his Snapchat because my little niece was sending me, my friends oh. just saw you on Stosie's Snapchat. Oh my oh, days. That's, so that's my auntie Nicole. Oh, your niece is... Um, are you talking about... Kwame's niece. Yeah. yeah she's my niece now. Oh, she's absolutely obsessed. I love her. She's so cute. She's going to be 12 next week. It's actually, she's the sickest, smartest girl like ever. She's so amazing. Aww. I'm so glad to be part of her life because Aww. she's so happy to, that I'm part of her life. Mm. So I'm just like, little no, Keone, she's a G. She's no, actually it's G. good because I, I don't know if you saw that viral video of the dark skin girl crying. Yeah. Mm. And it just made me feel like, when I saw it, I just felt so like, oh, pissed off. But it just reminded me as a youth. Mm. And it's like, it's so good that the hairdresser was quickly like, no, you're beautiful. And yeah. it was so good she was sharing her with hugs. And like, because some, some people don't take it like yeah. lightly. Mm. It was just so good that nowadays, so many young dark skin girls have like amazing role models. Around mm. them, yeah. Role models are such a huge thing as well. I think for, for me growing up, um, my first role model was my mum. Mm. So everything she told me about the world is everything that I understood about it. Mm. Um, and it was only by meeting other black women who were from all kinds of backgrounds was I able to really expand that. So for me, although I am one singular role model for Keone, I'm always trying to expand her mind to know that there are other mm. black women who are doing incredible stuff, who are queer, who are bi, mm. who are disabled or less mm. abled, who are just doing so many amazing things. And mm. you shouldn't just see the singular view of, mm. of what a woman should look like. And you mm. should be able to expand your mind. So for me, we talk about we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about like colorism, and she's she's even telling me about colorism in her school. Wow, at twelve, wow. how she experiences it. Yeah, when she was mm. in primary school, and she's noticing how people are. Um, certain teachers are engaging <laughs> with her as opposed to like other girls. Whoa, and, yeah, we were talking Insane. about it in like the music industry, mm. and she was just like, "Who's Ray Black?" And I'm like, "Huh?" Like, mm. but she can sing all the songs of other lighter skin. I was just like, "There's so much about this world that gets hidden from you." But in the same breath, as a young black girl, there's so much this world wants you to grow up quickly and mm. know. So it's like. Why do you have to be forced to know so much about the world, but mm. also so much is also hidden? Mm. And you find out in the maddest ways in later life, in your later life. Um, but she's such an intelligent girl and she's so smart. And I'm just really glad that I know that I'm someone else's role model, but I'm so glad to be in proximity to someone who I know I'm mm. a role model for. That's yeah. amazing. Um, she even wants to run her own youth festival one day. Aww. And she's like, oh, I want to do my own youth festival for young people in Enfield. Like, <laughs> and um, she's just she's such an intelligent, she's way beyond her years. And I'm just really glad that being with Kwame, I get to be, like, get to know her. Because mm. she inspires <clears> so much about 
what I do mm. with like the academy, even the program with Apple. You guys are yeah, <laughs> every day. I'm telling you, you guys are amazing. <laughs> that was an exciting partnership actually because we we got invited to um you know Guap Magazine. Mm. They were doing a um a series of talks mm. with um today at Apple. And they invited us and a few other people as well to do a Today Apple Talk. Um, and me and Paula were gassed, but I was definitely more gassed because I've always wanted to speak in the Apple store. I've seen mm-hmm. my other friends do it and I've been like, oh my God, this is too sick. Um, and I was just like, hold on a minute. This is Apple. We've got to do some, we've got to do some more mm-hmm. stuff. So I, completely, <laughs> I was like, this relationship doesn't end mm-hmm. after I leave the store and I'm done with this talk. Mm-hmm. Stop a meeting. Let's go. Let's just do something. I was like, let's talk about it. Do you know what? Yeah, Nicole's brain doesn't switch off because one time we went to an event and it was badly organized. I could see Nicole going, if it, if it was me, I would have. And I said, Nicole, switch off. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I but like, it's good oh. that you, it's good that you had that mindset of, do you know what? Let me, how can I utilize this to work in my favor? Yeah. That's good, that's good. Let's do something else. Like, mm. this is so cool. Like, I've got to meet people who work here, who organize these events. Mm. Let's think about how we can work together. And the opportunity came about with the Mayor of London, who were um, producing this fund for um, vulnerable young people in the city. Mm-hmm. And um, by my building relationships with the team at Today at Apple, it fits so well with being like, hey, we've just been given this incredible project do you guys want to be a part of it? And we were like, yes. Mm. And that's, I guess, the, again, the, the the value of building relationships. You really, really never know when that time could come for mm. a project or an opportunity. And when you have that relationship already kind of set in the foundation, it just makes it so much easier for people to be like, oh, we know you. We've worked with you. Mm. You've been in the office a few times. Let's do this together. Um, but the Academy program really came from, it literally came from Kearney. Like it came from knowing that there were young black girls who wanted to do what we do yeah. and wanted the tools to do what we do. And even though we haven't been doing what we do for that long, we're not like experts, mm. but we do know experts and we do know what we can share is what we can give out to yeah. people so they can run their mm. own things And as well. one thing I love about you and Paula, you constantly bring people in. Like yeah. when you guys do things, you don't just be like, oh, we're just going to stick to the same four people who are very popular in the black uh, you know creative you yeah. bring everyone like whether they're expert with uh you know like tanya what's her last name compass mm. she's incredible doing amazing thing with, yeah. with queer women like she's fantastic like you always like uh, do you know what, do you know what i mean like i think last last episode i was talking about how sometimes we just have that one person mm. one black person who talks on every single thing yeah. but you guys are like yeah. no there's actually bare people talking there's on people the same talking. thing yeah. Yeah. so like i love the fact that with, for example with with the apple thing you had nella rose talking mm. about um being a youtuber being a content creator mm. that makes a lot of sense because she's the baddest editor baddest going. editor and like yo <laughs> but but someone else would have just picked someone like that's just doesn't even have a YouTube, but it's just like, oh, they're bait and they're, YouTube, they're uh, Insta babe. Yeah. But I just love that you guys constantly bring different types of people in all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's so much that you can learn from different people. Mm. And with Nella, it was so exciting because we know that she's an incredible editor and what you can learn from what she does with her platform is just so innovative. And because mm. she's so young and she's kind of the start of the game, but she's about to do some madness in, mm. in, the, tra- in the trajectory. But learning about how she's able to utilize these apps and these programs and these tools Mm. to really producing really incredible content was just so key. Mm. And obviously being a black woman as well, she can talk 
so much to being a content creator in the kind of wider context Mm. of being black and being a woman. And so it was just so much fun to have her on stage doing her thing. Mm. And she, I don't, I can tell that she doesn't do lots of speaking engagements, but at the same time, she absolutely killed it because Mm. it was like watching her YouTube. (laughs) Like I said, I said, I couldn't stop laughing. Like all my videos (laughs) that I recorded of her speaking was me laughing (laughs) because she's hilarious. Like Mm. she's, by being herself and being her authentic self, she's able to produce such incredible content. Yeah. And she's actually such an incredible speaker. Like mm. I was blown away by how well she was able to take us on a journey of like how she started, how she started from like early days in uni mm. to being able to educate these young girls into doing it for themselves. And um, I find that you never really know some people's true talents and their abilities to to speak or present or facilitate until you give them the shot. Mm. So I wouldn't have known that Nella was able to do that until we gave her the shot. Yeah. Or some other girl from across the UK who was doing like a workshop on this and that and the other would be able to do that until we give them a shot. Mm. So we give a lot of people their first shots. I think Tanya hosted her first panel ever at the first Black Girl Festival. Wow. And I remember she was like, are you sure? I've never done this before. We were like, we're sure. Like, mm-hmm. you should do this. And Tanya's just doing amazing, like, right now. She's fantastic. Tanya's just smashing mm-hmm. it. So many people have probably done, had their first or been given their first opportunity to speak or host mm-hmm. or facilitate through our festival or through, like, our wider events. Yeah. So I'm just excited that we get to give people the opportunity because sometimes you do need to flex that muscle before mm. you go on to the next big thing like you know when you're you're applying for your first job and it's like oh you need five years experience well this is my first experience so yeah you need to give me the experience um so giving people the experience is so important for us yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, can you please plug yourself? Me. Where can they find you? You can find me on the socials and <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Crystal is my at handle for both. Crystal's my middle name, so that's where. And then the blue tick game, so I can't change it. Blue so. t- <laughs> <laughs> I think someone took Nicole Krenzel as the at handle, so I just stuck <clears throat> with N Crystal and mm. made it my brand. Mm. But you can find me Nicole Krenzel on LinkedIn. You can find me and N Crystal on Instagram and Twitter. And I ain't really on Facebook, but you can find me that yeah. <laughs> on Facebook. We usually have a Black Excellent of the Week. Do you have, do you have one? Oh my gosh, like there's so many excellent people. Um... Yeah. I'm trying to think. I I want to say, oh, I have to say, hmm, I have to put Enam. <laughs> Do you know Enam? Who? Enam. She's a model. She's a fat black queer model. Uh, was she on... Um... The Misguided Campaign. Do you remember that Misguided Campaign? Ah, uh, yeah. Wait, yeah, I remember. When Misguided released that plus size campaign. Early days, like what? Even a year. Was she at um, the Black Girl Festival? She was at Black Girl Festival. She was the first Black Girl Festival. I think um, I saw her because when she came out, like she, yep. And I'm Siami, So yeah. basically she was walking at the festival and yeah. everyone, including my friend's mom, everyone <laughs> was like, you look amazing. Oh. She, yeah, she is stunning. Enam is such an incredible girl. Mm-hmm. And I, do you know what I love most about her? Just her kindness mm. and her openness. Like she's such a good role model in terms of living in your truth and being your unapologetic self, she's absolutely killing the modeling industry at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Like from that first Misguided campaign, which was so exciting because obviously Misguided were doing this whole plus size range and yeah. she was the face of it. And The face. That's yeah, incredible. she was all over like the billboards, all over the like, tube stations. Like 
It was so exciting because I think, again, it was probably the start of her career. I think mm. she probably did other bits as well because she she does a lot of like makeup looks and um, her Instagram is just full of like really beautiful portraits. But that misguided campaign was just so powerful. And she, ever since then, she's gone on to do stuff with Fenty and wow. all these big, big mm. magazines, be on the cover of magazines. Like she's just an absolute baby girl, but she's honestly the nicest person and mm. the sweetest and her energy when you see her, she'll literally tell you you're beautiful. Like when you meet yeah. her on the spot. Yeah. She'd be like, oh my God, I love this. Love that. Love that. And she's there looking like a goddess and she's telling you that. She mm-hmm. So she's just such an incredible, kind-hearted person. And I feel like she, um, I always pick her up wherever I can. Um, she recently got featured on Instagram's Instagram page wow. as part of their Women's mm-hmm. History Month. Um, through my recommendation because I was just like sis you should be on this page like mm. more people should see how beautiful you are and you're such a huge representation for fat black queer women mm. and you need to be on the page you need to do it you need to be seen and I just love that she's taken up all the space like mm. she's taken up all the space and I absolutely stand that I love that yeah I just want to see her win you know when you want to see more people win yeah and it, it excites you when you see them winning you're just like yeah, yeah god exactly. god Every time I'm seeing her with some campaign or this and that. Mm. When I was in New York, I saw her in the Sephora store. Her face was beautiful and big. I was like, yo, Mm. like, this is insane. Like, you're actually in stores. Like, and obviously we don't have Sephora over here. Mm. So I was like, oh my gosh. Every time I would see her, I would just be snapping. Like, (laughs) I've just seen her in store. Like, it's like seeing her little sis or something. No, she's she's amazing. And she's a Ghana girl. So, got a big up to sis. (laughs) Bias by default. (laughs) I think when when, um, Leanne and Michael on Love Island, I messaged Nicole, like, I've joined y'all. You're on a gang, baby. (laughs) I'm actually such a fraud. (laughs) Jazz, you have one this week? Um... No, sorry, sorry guys, I'm just no, not in the right headspace. Sorry, yeah, not today. Um, yeah, mine's me and you, mate. Oh, our public yeah. desire thing last week. Oh, oh my god, god. what are you yeah. saying? Oh my god, when I saw that, I said, yeah, we got the girls quivering. You got the girls <laughs> quivering. Do you know what I love about that look so much? Is the second image, <laughs> and I think Vic's caption, which was just like, <laughs> look at us. It looks like it said, look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? He actually was literally like. Yeah, literally. Look at us. Yeah. I actually love the whole look. Oh, the hair you. was on point. The clothing was on point. The shoes were on point. <laughs> the makeup, I said, yeah. You were giving me top dog influencer image. I couldn't it believe it. We had to do it. On and it was simple just on the stairs, like, mm. I was like, if yeah. you if you don't knew the behind the scenes, yes. we were tired. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. If the people really knew. We the were like, days. we would literally, I don't know how Instagram do this because this no. is actually tiring. It's quite tiring. Ooh. Yes. It's, oh gosh, the posing and the, 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 the mm-hmm. getting the right, ooh, and it, was a pop, a it was a popular destination, so there was a lot of people queuing. Yeah, literally oh, people really? queuing to yeah. take pictures. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And y'all got the pick. No, I love that. How did that come about with Public Desire? Also, I want that shoe. Like, I'm just excited to get the shoe. In the in the emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get the shoe. I ain't got no discount. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you got a discount code? No, we ain't got no discount code. <laughs> got- I might message them and be like, you know what? the picture actually done, done bits. Yeah. To- your followers should, the people, your listeners should be able to get you a little... trying to give, give us a little... A little 10%. 10%. Discount yeah. code. And Black that. girl 10. Little code. Yeah. Black girl living... <laughs> 10%. 20 and then you just put it. Nicole even upped it 20. And then Black Girl Living 20 is in 2020. Mm. Oh, 2020, 2020 vision yeah. for reals, for reals, for reals. So your listeners exclusive. Exactly, exclusive <laughs> things. Um, and we're also on Spotify's um, 
Women History Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really exciting. That's so mm-hmm. cool. And How do could, they do that? They just like it's so weird because they just um, someone from Spotify just messaged us like, oh, by the way, you're on this, <gasps> and we were like. Because yes. we were next to Receipts and we were yeah. next to Aloni. And yeah. you guys obviously know we love them. Mm. Um, and we went to freaking Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mad. Wow. Mad Absolutely mad. That's sick though. Mad does. It's hard to take in though. It's so hard to take in. It, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I just pulled at the strain station like. <laughs> <laughs> the public desire thing. The Spotify. Yeah. Like. And we always it. message each other like, wait, like, are you deep in it? Cause yeah, we, sometimes yeah, we just don't take it in. Sometimes I'm voicing it. Just ask, I'm, are they telling me the truth? <laughs> <laughs> are they telling me the truth? Because mm-hmm. they they don't have to do this. Yeah, you know? next to the top dogs, top dogs. But you guys are top dogs. You're rising. Amen. You're rising. Amen. Come on, Amen. like you have to see yourself as top dogs to be with the top dogs. And someone just put you next to the top dogs. Oprah, so, yeah. come on. Okay. No, I think I think you guys are doing such an incredible job with this podcast. Oh, like, thanks, it's really Nicole. smashing Thank it. You. you know me every Monday. I'm like, let's get into no, it. No, do you know? I've, I've got a quick question. So I tweeted about um, when your friends don't support what you do. Yeah, you can take it. You can be a bit disheartened. Mm. But I really appreciate that you listen to the podcast. Like, you uh-huh. actually listen. You share it. Like you really to the do listen. End. No, yeah. you do. So you guys wrap it up. <laughs> Honestly, and I appreciate my friends who do fucks with it. But do you ever feel like we, we, when you do something, you're like, wow, like this is my Cody, and they don't even. <laughs> Share the thing. Um, <laughs> I love the way you laugh. <laughs> um, it's I don't know. Uh, before probably when I was creating mm-hmm. the things that I was creating, initially when you create something from the get and you share it with like your group chat, your friends and family. Oh, you, you share it in the group chat. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't even do. Maybe that's my problem. Well, when it first started out, so okay. when the festival started out, and we were raising money. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay. Everyone just please share it out mm. so we can raise money and mm. tell people about it and follow. You know, people say, oh, I've just created a new Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. follow it. Mm. Like just the initial support okay, is cool. what I imagine I would receive from mm. my friends and family. Anything else is an addition because for me, the people who I create, what I create for aren't just my friends and family. Mm. So the, what I would want is maybe the initial support because yeah, because nobody knows what I'm doing apart mm. from you because I'm telling you, I'm voice noting you, I'm calling you. But really, the wider community that I want to reach exceeds my friends and family. Mm. So I don't take it to heart too deep if, for example, um, my friend can't come to the festival, my friend can't come to this mm. event that I've produced, or mm. sometimes even Kwame can't make it. I don't take it to offense because mm. I'm just doing too many things anyway, and I don't expect everyone to keep up. <laughs> but also, um, I do appreciate when I see my friends supporting, retweeting, liking, mm. paying money into, sharing, whatever they can do, that is really great because that's an addition to what I don't really mm. expect so it, it for me it's really dependent on like who your friends are and if they would ex- they would share what you're doing without being asked mm. or told um and I feel like for a lot of people they don't necessarily have to unless they do feel that they have to force their friends to kind of support mm. them in that way mm. but I definitely I understand like the complexities of it because sometimes you do want your friends to back you. You do want your friends to listen to everything mm-hmm. that you do and to support you. But sometimes they also might not like it. That's something to take in, yeah. you know. That's that's mm. they might not like the kind of things that you do. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I see tweets and then it's like support black businesses, but it's like, but what if I don't like your business? Yeah. Or what if they're not black as well? So it's like, how do I support? Like, how do I get myself in- involved? I think for a lot of my friends. Oh, well, like, what white people support you? Yeah. Well, oh, they can still support. They can still support. Yeah, yeah. But, but they don't probably know how to, how to navigate because they're like, oh, is it not for me? Like, do I, do I say engaged? Oh, come on, please. Like, just retweet and go. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just put the money in and go. Yeah. Like, so yeah, for I think for a lot of people, it's um, it's trying to navigate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I understand what you mean though, because mm-hmm. it's like you would want your friends to listen and support everything that you do. Um, but sometimes it might not. And plus, mm. your friends aren't your only listener. That's yeah. true. You're really trying to reach more people than mm. your one friend. And <laughs> then your one friend. It's true. Because <laughs> you want thousands of mm. listeners, right? So yeah. that one friend is great if they are, but also it's okay if they're not. But I've mm. seen and I've even heard of like loads of people. Their friends don't support, but then when it blows, it's like, oh yeah, that's my friend, you know. Yeah. I've, I've, I found yeah, that yeah, yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, people do that. People believe that it's just, they just go quiet and then... When it's really popping, yeah. that's when they're like, your mm. friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. Mm-hmm. I know them. Like, yeah, that's my friend, you know. I can even get you tickets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Um, I can get you public desire discount because that's my friend. That's my friend. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's crazy how people pop up like that. But mm. I guess it's always the real ones who you don't need to tell to share, who don't need to ask mm. to retweet, or you don't need to check in whether or not they've listened. Yeah. Because it's the real ones who are doing mm. that regardless. Yeah. Or um, who are kind of... Who are doing the cheerleading for you, but they're doing it in the shadows, not necessarily yeah, always in the front. That's really interesting. And that's another way. Maybe maybe the friend that you need support from isn't necessarily always listening, but is plugging you to the brand. Exactly. Yeah. Or is kind of always talking about you to the right people. Doesn't mean that they they don't care about not listening, mm. but maybe they can help you in different ways mm. than being that one of a listener. Mm. Um so it's it's subjective, I guess, on that, but it's really dependent again, I guess, on the kind of friends that you mm. have, really. Um and how people can support you. I always mm-hmm. find that um, I'm most proud of my friends when they support me when I when I least expect it, mm. or when they plug me into stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't ask for this, but mm. this is lovely. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. I love that. That's <laughs> like when my my friend Tossin she came to my box park event. Oh yeah, and I saw her. And I said, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing and here? She was like. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I saw you put it on social. Yeah. yeah. And like, it probably made me like, raw. like, this girl really fucks with me, man. Like, <laughs> literally. Because I was like, I don't know what I'm saying. I could be saying, I could be saying shit. <laughs> shit. And like, you can see her like, like, like Chris Jenner, like with her phone, like, it's <laughs> Vicky. Like, she's so cute. Like, but it's just, it's just yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, it's, it's just good to have that friend who like cheerleads. Like it's your cheerleader Yeah yes. Without being nice. asked Yeah exactly yeah, nice. It's nice Yeah Nicole Thank you so so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank yes. you guys. I know we did like The exit weird Because Jazz has already Asked about your socials And blogs But yeah We outie We outie <laughs> Thanks guys <laughs> Have a blessed week lads Bye.